0: Open with me in your Bibles, if you would, to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, and we'll start reading in verse 23. There's a very uh, simple truth this morning that the Lord has given me. It seems like the simple truths are the best truths, amen? The ones that speak to our hearts the most. Mark 10, 23. Read that with me, if you would. And Jesus looked round about. And saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus, looking upon them, saith, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Mark 10, 27. That the fact that all things are possible with our God. Uh, Jesus had just finished, at this point, his encounter with the rich young ruler. We call him the rich young ruler. And he's mentioned in three of the Gospels. And, and he came up to the to the Lord and the Lord's the Bible says the Lord looked upon him and loved him. So the rich young ruler, the Lord loved him. Of course, we know the Lord loves everyone, but I think it's it wonderful that the, that the Bible tells us that. And he said, good master, what shall I do to, re- to receive eternal life, to inherit eternal life? He says, well, you know, the commandments and, uh, you know, honor your mother and father and so forth. And he says, I've done all these and I believe he had. I think he had kept these big commandments of God. He says, but what do I lack? He knew that he lacked something. And the Lord knew that he lacked something. And he says, tell you what you do. You take all that you have, sell it, distribute it to the poor, and you'll have treasures in heaven. And come and follow me. And it says the man didn't really reply. In Luke, it says that he went away very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And Jesus looked upon and had compassion. The Bible says that Jesus... The Savior of the world was very sorrowful when he saw that he walked away. So it didn't have a happy ending to that story. And so Jesus makes the comment. He turns from the rich ruler and turns to his disciples who watched all this go on. And says, children, how hard it is for them to have riches to go enter into the kingdom of heaven. And they were astonished. And so he says it again. And he says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Now, I've heard, you've probably heard as well, this could have been the city gate where literally like a, a camel would have to get down very low to, to possibly enter in, into through the walls of the city or through some special gate. Uh, and he says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to, to enter to the kingdom of heaven. And they were astonished out of measure the second time he said it. Beyond measure. And then Jesus makes one of the most wonderful statements in all the Bible It speaks one of the most glorious truths and He says, and Jesus looking upon them, verse 27, saith, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. And we, I know we've heard that. I quote it. It seems like every sermon I practically quote it. And we know that to, to be true, but God wants us to dwell on that this morning. And uh, see such a tremendous contrast in that one Scripture between men and God, right? In between men and God. Possible and impossible. And, uh, um, the most glorious contrast between the Creator and His creation are men created in His image. Impossible and possible. Impossible with men. Possible with God. Okay, Th- these words... There's a definition for impossible. It means just what you think it would. It means weak, not possible, unable. But those words don't apply to our God. They don't apply to the definition of impossible. does not apply to the Lord. What's impossible with men is possible with God. For God, all things are possible. And the Scripture does tell us, and I know that you're probably one step ahead of me, the Bible does say it's impossible for God to lie. The Bible does say it's impossible for uh, for the Lord to sin. It says God in James that God is not tempted, neither He t- tempts any man. Jesus said, which of you convinceth me of sin? I could go on and on about the spotless Lamb of God, His sinlessness. It's impossible for God to sin or to lie. But that's not a weakness. Remember our definition of impossible, one of the words is weakness. That's not a weakness with our God, but a strength with our God. That He can't sin. That He's holy. Hebrews 7 says for such a high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens. We need to step back and look at the Lord this morning. He wants us to step back and look at Him this morning in His glory and in His might. And at times, y'all, that. And in, in this we're going to talk about at times in our walk with God, at times in your seeking after the Lord and God's teaching us things. Amen. Thank the Lord he does. We grow in Christ. At times in your walk and in your maturity and your growth and you're seeking God with a longing heart and the Holy Ghost gives, gives us deeper revelations of the, of the Lord, doesn't he? Aren't you right now in your walk with God? Uh, Closer than you were at some point in the past. We're growing. There's things you know about the Lord. There's a maturity. There's a love for God. There's a uh, revelations that we receive deep in our hearts from the Lord. And at times for these revelations, God would have us to to really, uh, I guess, zoom in, so to speak, on some particular thing. And and, uh, just stay with me for a minute what I mean by this. There's times in my life I know that the Lord... Would speak to me, say about about uh, grace or the love of God, and it seems like that's I'm really studying it. I'm thinking about it more. I'm kind of zeroed in on it, and as I'm zeroed in on it, the Lord's just like peeling back layers. I already knew grace, but He's peeling back later layers and giving me a, such a deeper understanding of grace. I, I knew the love of God. I know for God so loved the world He gave His only begotten Son, right? But His love for me, sometimes we might question His love for us and God may have us a season in our lives. I don't know how long it is, a month, a year, six months where we're, we're, we personally are are seeking God to understand better His love. And again, it's like peeling layers off. And wow, we're overwhelmed by His love and then He shows us more. It's almost like a... a uh, let's say a, a scientist or something that would be uh, studying the oceans. And you look at the look at the oceans and it's just beautiful, clear blue water. And then they might take some in a test tube and put it under a microscope and see all this little, you know, microorganisms that live in the water that you couldn't see. And they're, they're really amazed at that. And I think the Lord does that with us. We'll, we'll zoom in on, at times in our lives, I think oftentimes, where we're honed in on... Justified by faith, okay? Check. I believe that for my doctrine, but God wants to show us what does it mean that I justified you fully by my grace, and all you had to do is put your faith in my Son, the Just One, and He begins to show us that, and we're deep. We have a deep revelation of it. We've been studying the life of Moses for six months, haven't we? Uh, learning deeper things. Sometimes we focus in on a, on a doctrine like like putting it under a microscope, and we need to do that. Okay, we need to do that. But there's also times I've found in my life where I feel like I need to pull back, zoom out, not, not, not step away from the Lord, okay, but step away from and get a different view. Step away, and, and what I, what, I, what happens in my own life is that I get overwhelmed with the bigness of God. I'm not examining some little under microscope justification by faith of the life of Moses. I'm taking three steps back and I'm looking up and I'm overwhelmed by God, by the Lord. And he wants us to do that. And I believe in this morning, this this sermon this morning, that is really the heart of this, of of zooming out with the, the telescope, so to speak. Instead of examining something on the surface of the moon. Okay, Zooming out and looking at our galaxy and thinking about the, the distances and the space and, the, and the, 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 the grandeur of it all. Sometimes we need to do that. We need to do that with the Lord. And I know that I do. I need to step out, step back and see God in what I would call His bigness and His splendor. And I think it's wonderful that Dee and I never talk about the sermon, you know, what I'm preaching on and what the music's gonna be. It just is what it is. But I said, D, what she when she told me what we're singing, I said, that's actually part of my sermon. Because I was thinking about the splendor of a king robed in majesty. That to me in that song talks about the bigness of God. just you're just overwhelmed by his majesty. You're overwhelmed by his splendor splendor. You're not dividing Doctrinal hairs or pre rapture or mid post or anything like that. And all that's important. We need to do that. But sometimes we just need to be overwhelmed by the Lord and see Him in His greatness. And in His power and His might. We need to see His overall plan. His big plan and what He's fulfilling and, and what He's doing. I just want to read this. Paul, I believe, was overwhelmed in Romans 11, 33. Oh, the depth and the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. And he has a, there's an exclamation point right there. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. And so in Romans, Paul's talking about all kinds of doctrine, important things that we need to study and we need to put on the microscope and we need to, to really peel back the layers and understand it. But he is also overwhelmed just by the bigness of the Lord. His majesty and His might and His ways are past finding out. Well, only when the, the Holy Ghost can reveal it to us. Amen. Here's what I want to say this morning. We need to, at times in our lives, be overwhelmed. We need to be overwhelmed by God's greatness. And because I think it's sometimes we can get in a routine even studying and, and, and coming to Sunday school and studying the life of Moses and, and the different things that are, you're reading in your particular lives, you know, just reading day by day and the things that we understand about the Lord. Sometimes I think we can get used to it all and very familiar with it all and we're underwhelmed. I'm just being honest. We're underwhelmed by the Lord instead of overwhelmed. By the Lord, I'm not saying we don't love him. I'm not saying we're not Christians. I'm just saying at times I think we need to to be overwhelmed. We need to be speechless before the Lord to where God so overwhelms me that I can't reply. I'm just overwhelmed by the Lord, his beauty, his power, his greatness. I want to just read this. You can follow, but just for time's sake, I'm going to read it. I've got two passages, one from Ezekiel chapter 1 and one from Isaiah chapter 40. But in Ezekiel, we know he's one of the major prophets that the Lord spoke to during the captivity. The word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel the priest. So he's a priest. He walks with the Lord. He was a righteous man. The son of Buzi in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Chebar. And the hand of the Lord was there upon him. And this is like the first vision he had, and I looked and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, and a great cloud. I just want you to try to picture this in your mind. The hand of the Lord's upon him. And so he's by the river, and he says, I looked and a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself, and a brightness was about it, and out of the midst thereof, as the color of amber, out of the midst of the fire, as the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud. In the, in the day of rain. So was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face, and I heard a voice of one that spake. I'm just going to stop right there. Do you see what I'm talking about? In, in moments where where we're moved, and I believe it's the Lord's own sovereign doing, I really do, but... but where, where, where Ezekiel in this case just fell upon his face. It just happened. The Lord didn't say, fall upon your face. He, what, what he saw. He said the hand of the Lord was upon him. He knew it was the Lord. He sees this vision. It's described in much more detail. But he falls upon his face, face and he hears the voice of the one that speaks. Isaiah says this. Uh, well, the Lord says in Isaiah forty twelve through 14 Who hath measured the waters... In the hollow of his hand, and meted out heaven with a span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure. Think about the dust, the dust that collects in your house, right, on the dresser. Uh, how much he's comprehended the dust of the earth and in a measure, and weighed the mountains in a scale, and the hills in a balance. Who had directed the spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor? Who had taught him? With whom took he counsel, who in, who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed him the way of understanding? We can all get tunnel vision at times. I believe we can get tunnel vision in the sense of we get so focused and absorbed with our lives, day to day, even hour to hour, minute to minute. I got a big test coming up. I'm preparing for this test. Uh, my kids are. You know, trying to apply to this school. Um, you know, I got this at work tomorrow. Literally, we're, we're just zoned in on finishing this day and this week and this month and this project. And and then our relationship with God sometimes is like that. It's just centered centered around God. Help my kids do well on their test. Uh, you know, they need to get such and such a grade. Help me this week at work. Help me to get meet the deadline for this project. And, you know, my body's sick. Heal me for this. I need to be well by tomorrow. And so we're really consumed with the here and now. And our relationship with God is kind of tunnel visioned and just just in a real small circle. And there's nothing wrong with it in one sense. Because the Bible does say in the, the Lord's model prayer, give us this day our daily bread. He is concerned with our daily needs. Absolutely. But we can get so absorbed in that. And I think that God wants us to also, as I said, call our attention upward. Okay, look, don't look at your calendar right now. Don't look at your iPhone right now and your planner and see what's next. Uh, and your vacation's coming in a week and you're counting the days down and all that. Look up to me. Just, just be still and know that I'm God. Look up to me and see me. As I am. And know that I got it under control. We need to do that. And we need to be overwhelmed by that. And the, and I'm not saying you go make yourself overwhelmed. I think and I know we'll be like Ezekiel when we see him in that way, in that fashion, we would be overwhelmed. He wants to see him, he wants to believe in him, he wants to rest in his greatness and in his power. And in his love for us, we need to be reminded that our God is God and is still in control. We need to be reminded, like we open with in Mark 27, that he can do all things, that he's not limited by the things that limit men. He's not at all limited by those things. Our God is almighty God. And you and I need to be uh, assured of that, as I said, overwhelmed with a fresh new revelation by the Holy Spirit, that's one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit. He takes the things of Christ and reveals them to us. And He wants to do that. And we need to fall on our knees and worship Him. Not because a preacher said it's time to fall on our knees and worship, but because we're moved by the Lord and His greatness to fall on our knees and worship Him, to fall on our knees and thank Him, to fall on our knees and rejoice in Him and lift up our hands. To the Lord, I want you, if you would, to turn with me in your Bibles to Job, and I want to read some of this. I pray you get through it. Uh, Job chapter 38, and we're going to skip and read several large portions of this chapter. Job 38. This is towards the end of the book of Job when. Uh, Job had gone through his trial. He was still in it. And his wonderful counselor friends <laughs> uh, came and didn't help him at all, but rather accused him. And then the Lord finally, finally the Lord speaks. You know, thank the Lord God spoke. It's enough of hearing all everybody else. All of this counselors. Plus, It's enough of hearing Job. We need to hear what God has to say about it. And, and he does. In and, and chapter 38, look at verse 3. Gird up now thy loins, like a man. For I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare it, if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measure thereof, if thou knowest? And who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations? Where, whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy, or who, hath, who shut up the sea with doors when it break forth as if it had issued out of the womb? Look at verse 11. And say, hitherto shalt thou come. He speaketh to the waves, but no further. And there shall thy proud waves be stayed. Let's skip down to verse 18. Hast thou perceived the breath of the earth? it if thou knowest it at all. Where is the way where light dwelleth, And as for darkness, where is the place thereof? That thou shouldest take it to the bound thereof, and that thou shouldest know the paths to the house thereof. Knowest thou it because thou wast then born? Or because the number of thy days is great? Skip down to verse 34. Canst thou lift up thy voice to the clouds, that the abundance of waters may cover thee? Canst thou send lightnings, that they may go and say unto thee, Here we are? Who hath put wisdom in the inward parts? Or who hath given understanding to the heart? And then skip down, we skip over to chapter 40, verse 3, real quickly. Job 40, verse 3-5. through Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay my hand upon my mouth. Once have I spoken, but I will not answer yea twice, but I will proceed no further. What happened to Job? He had no shortage of words a few moments before. Right? God, I wish I'd never been born. He went on and on. He was a righteous man. The Bible tells us that. I wish God would answer me. I, you know, I wish somebody would give me good counsel. And He was talking. He had lots to say. He defended himself, which I've done and you've done. But when God spoke, all that went out the window. And it just shows men, even good men, we're talking, we're reasoning, we're so smart and wise and we're making our plans and reasoning this and reasoning that and God steps on the scene, bam, it's over. Amen. We're going to shut our little puny mouths. We're going to fall on our, our knees before Almighty God and we're going to worship Him. And one day that's going to happen, y'all. And I pray we don't have to wait till we get to heaven before it happens. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 1. Angel Gabriel just spoke to Mary about her giving birth to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to read a few verses. Verse 32. He shall be great, Luke 1.32, and be called the Son of the Highest, Then the Lord God shall give Unto him the throne of his father David. Verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel. How shall this be? Seeing saying, I know not a man. Verse 37. For with God. What does it say? Nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me as according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And. This cannot happen. This is what this is what Mary, uh, Mary's saying. This cannot happen. It's impossible. How can I give birth to anyone, much less the Savior of the world, a son, seeing I know not a man, but it did happen, didn't it? It did happen. This is our God. And our God says with Him all things are possible and nothing, for with God nothing, verse 37, shall be impossible. And look at the effect that it had on Mary. Verse 46, and Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. She's not dissecting doctrine. She's magnifying the Lord Jesus Christ. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for He hath regarded the low estate of His handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent away empty. He hath helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, and so it just it has this effect upon her. And I, I'm going to be bring this to a close. We're really not going to be very long this morning, but think about this for a moment. Can a, a leper cannot change his spots? And the Bible tells us that strange kind of statement to make, but the Bible tells us that a leper can't change his spots. An Ethiopian can't cha- can't change his skin. Or the, or in any way. A man can't add one cubit to his stature. Matthew 6 in the Sermon on the Mount by worrying about it, taking thought about it. A man can't justify himself before a holy God. A man can't change his sin or sinful nature. A man can't, who's accustomed to doing evil, just turn over a new leaf in life and start doing good and holy. The Bible tells us that these things are impossible with men. Not hard, not difficult. They're impossible with men, among many other things. But our God can do that. Jesus Christ saves sinners every day, doesn't He? Jesus Christ saves people that repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ who still smell like alcohol. Or still, uh, you know, like Zacchaeus have been ripping people off. And he's saving them every day when they repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ freely by his grace. You know what he does? He justifies who? The ungodly. That's impossible for a man to do. But our God daily justifies the ungodly. What's impossible with men is possible with God. He saves rich men. We opened up with that account. It's easier for a camel to to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go to heaven. And they were astonished out of measure and said, who can be saved? He says, relax. What's impossible with men is possible with God. For with God, all things are possible. He saves rich men every day. They put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and not in their riches. He saves atheists and agnostics and skeptics, and mockers, and Muslims, and people that turn to Him by faith. Every day, He's saving their souls. When they sincerely believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, for with God, all things are possible. Not only some things are possible, like with these made-up superheroes, right? Got different superheroes, and one's really fast, and one's really strong, and one can jump really high. One's got a laser beam that comes out of his eyeballs, you know, and one can do this and one can do that, but they're all limited in certain ways. But those are make-believe. Our, our God said, the angel said, for with God nothing shall be impossible. And I thought about that, as I said, justifying the ungodly and so forth, uh, uh, adding one cubit to your stature. These things aren't difficult for men. They're impossible for men. They're not really hard. And on rare occasions... Very rare occasions a man who's specially qualified can do it and accomplish these things. They're, they're impossible. With men, it is impossible. But with God, nothing shall be impossible. This truth about our God, and I would say a deeper revelation knowledge about this truth about our God, His power, His ability, His might, His greatness, Again, it should cause us to rest in him. Whatever's trouble troubling our lives, we're getting tunnel vision and we're focused in. Oh my goodness, this, this project work project is due, you know, Friday. I'm not, a, I'm not a third of the way through and, and we're stressed and we're, we're. We're worried. We're worried about the economy we're about the worried about the elections in the fall. I'm no concerned about all those things too. But I need to pray about all those things and leave the worrying aside, okay? He wants us to to rest in Him and to trust in Him and to reverence Him and to fall on our knees and worship Him and to acknowledge His power. Amen? To acknowledge, acknowledge it publicly. Acknowledge it to your own heart and reassure yourself that God's in control. And ask God, Lord, I need to see you in your bigness. I need to see you in your in your greatness right now. Help me to get my eyes off of just, Lord, heal my body. Help me finish my project. Help me do this. Pray those things. But then we, we need to rest in the Lord. I'm going to close with a couple of scriptures. But our God is in the, in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. To me, that just speaks of his power and His greatness. Amen? In Deuteronomy 32.3 But I will publish the name of the Lord. Ascribe you greatness unto our God. Again, he's not talking about a particular need that he has, or a particular answered prayer, or learning righteousness by faith more completely. There's a time for that. and We need to do that. He's saying, I'm going to publish the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. Greatness. I'm going to close with a few thoughts right here. How can God, the God that we know and serve, the one true living God, be one God yet in three persons? We've studied the Trinity. You've studied the Trinity. We can write down the scriptures that say that there is a Trinity and describe it the best we can. But we can't really comprehend that. How how can one God be in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? And the Lord answers that question, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. How can a man, the Lord Jesus Christ, lay down his life, and then when he's ready, three days later, take it back up and live again. How can that happen? Well, with men it's impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. How can, Nicodemus said, when talking to the Lord secretly by might, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? With men it's impossible, but not with God. He's talking about the new birth. For with God, all things are possible. How can can Jesus be both the Son of God and the Son of Man? How can He be both of those at the same time? How can He have the He took on not the nature of angels and so forth, but He took on the nature of man and yet still be 100% through and through God and divine, completely. How can that be? The Bible says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's a scripture that tells us that, but how can it be? Because what's impossible with men is possible with God. Over and over and over. How can a people all over the world, some whose bodies are in the graves and have been in the graves for many years, simultaneously and instantly be caught up into the clouds and receive new bodies. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And and to top it all off, nobody even sees it when it happens. How can that happen? talking Talking about the rapture of the church. How can that happen in a moment, the twinkling of an eye, decayed bodies and... You know, people that are drowned at sea, and people that will burn up in house fires, and how can simultaneously dead and living believers be caught up into the clouds to be with the Lord? Because we hear His voice and the archangel and the the trump of God, and nobody even sees that take place. How is any of that possible? With men, it's impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. I have one more. How can a holy and a just God, which he is, love and care for me, a guilty sinner? Not only love and care for me, but make me holy and fit me for his holy heaven. A guilty sinner. How can he do that and bring me to a place where Peter says, a new heaven and a new earth and new Jerusalem wherein dwells righteousness. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. How can he take me from being a no-good, filthy sinner, guilty through and through, and sinner by nature, and bring me to a place wherein only righteousness dwells? And no one who is going to enter in, who's ever, who, who is, uh, there shall no wise enter into anything that defiles or works abomination or works a lie. How can He take a person and make us fit for that place? With men it's impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. The blood of Jesus washes us clean and He sanctifies the ungodly and justifies the ungodly. It's just amazing, y'all. And I'm closing with this Scripture. Dee, you can come. In Psalm 63. And y'all, you're just going to have a few minutes. As I said, this might be a little shorter than normal. Music's a little shorter than normal and everything. We'll get back to normal soon, but still it's what God has for us today. Mm -hmm. Take a moment. Kneel down at your chair. Still got a social distance and all that, but we don't have to distance from the Lord. Amen? And call upon the Lord. And be overwhelmed. Ask God, Lord, help me to see you in your greatness. Help me to see you in your power and then to rest in that. To to be overwhelmed by you in your, your power in your might like Job was when the Lord spoke, amen? Like Ezekiel was when he saw this vision of the Lord and when he saw that, he fell on his face before the Lord. Like John the Beloved in Revelation 1 when he turned around to see the voice that spoke to him and he fell on his face before the Alpha and the Omega. We need that, y'all. We need that. That is so important. You know, the spirit of antichrist is at work. There's conspiracy theories. And I do believe, I don't know all the conspiracies. I believe that there's a one world leader coming very soon. And the earth is being primed for one world government. And this coronavirus is playing a big part in that. And I do believe that. And I can get troubled by that. I don't know. What if Trump doesn't win? gets turned over this and There'd be no end to what they would want to do and so forth. And you know what? I need to step, pray about those things. Pray hard. We're going to have a prayer meeting tonight on our group meet. We're going to pray for our country. But I need to step back and see the God who is over it all and to rest in Him and to trust in Him. David said, I'm closing with this verse, Psalm 63, 1 and 2. Oh God, Thou art my God, Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Then he closes this portion by saying, to see thy power and thy glory. I need to see it. I need to see it. I don't need to hear a sermon about it. I don't need to read the scriptures on it necessarily. Although that might help. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I need to see you in your power and and I need to see you in your glory. So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. And I'm going to pray for us all. And you pray as well that God would give us a fresh new look at his face. A fresh new revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ in his glory. And all the little problems just burn up. Where'd they go? Where'd all my little problems go? And I was fretting over my schedule. And all of a sudden, I can't even remember what I was worried about. We need to live there. We need to dwell there. And Father, we come before You in the mighty name of Jesus. And God, I'm asking You to do this. I know we can't make ourselves overwhelmed. But we can seek You. We can ask You, Lord, show us the Lord. Show us Yourself in Your glory. Show us Yourself in the greatness of Your power. Show us, Lord, the bigness of our God, the love of God, the plan of God. Show us, God, and help God to help us to rest in Your greatness and in Your power and in Your goodness. Help us to rest in the one with whom all things are possible. To rest in the one with whom nothing is impossible. We love you this morning, God. Show us yourself. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.